the, the Boga Honey Podcast. That's why I, I tried not to have camps on my bow. I don't have to deal with slippage or anything Shut like up. that. You just put a new string on there, you're fine. What is Boga? But seriously, that's the dumbest thing ever. It, it go, I am all about Just strap it to your pack. Really appreciate the fact that you're from Michigan and not Georgia. You don't want to be the next Mark Kenyon. No. I'm a shit show. <laughs> that's, that spot's taken. You can see how pathetic Jared's face is right now. <laughs> because that's how it looked. It was just like, is this good enough? Hey everybody, before we begin, we're going to thank a couple of sponsors that helped make this show possible. First up is Vortex Optics. We've been using their glass for a long time. Uh, everything from their binoculars, spotting scopes, rangefinders, and a new thing called Vortex Edge. Vortex Edge is their new world-class firearm training course. And they, they're going to provide courses on precision rifle, uh, pistol, a couple of military tactics, and of course, hunting and outdoors. And also, their spring and summer apparel line is dropping soon. So make sure to head over to vortex.com apparel and save yourself 20%. By using what code? BOGA20. Nice. Trophy line, tree saddles. They are a one-stop shop. Sticks, platforms, yeah, saddles. It's uh, And they just came out with a new EDP platform. It's a smaller, lighter, stronger version of the mission platform made in the U.S. It's the perfect size for us as mobile hunters. It's going to be available this April, so make sure to go and get yourself one. Save yourself 10% while you're doing it and use the code BOGAHUNTINGTL10. Don't miss any letters in that. Go check them out. If we said it once, we said it a thousand times. Arrows are the lifeblood of the archery industry. Vector arrows, vector custom arrows are the arrows that we shoot. Jared and I specifically shoot the vector HMR, the vector hammers. Hammer them. Yep. They're a four millimeter micro diameter shaft that are super strong, extremely durable. You're going to go to the website. All you have to do is input your specs and they're going to build the arrows directly for your specs. So head over to vectorcustomshop.com and they're going to hook you up. First Light has been for a long time considered a Western company. Even though we, it couldn't be farther from the truth, uh, the solitude system, sanctuary system, a lot of their their uh, clothes. All are. whitetail oriented. And now they just came out with their new Spectre camo pattern, specifically made for the whitetail habitat. It's coming out this spring. You guys need to stay tuned because... You're going to be invisible. It's going <laughs> to change your life. Yes. So stay tuned at firstlight.com for when they're dropping out their new camo pattern. Perfect. Excellent. All right. Well, should we just jump right in? You ready to go? Awesome. All right. Cool. Jared, you do it this time. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Bog Hunting Podcast. We are in another new location as we're waiting for the new sound temple to get done. So what would you call this location? Jared's office. We're in Jared's <laughs> office right now. And what I like most about his office, can I tw- can I move this? No. I'm gonna yeah, move go it ahead. anyways. See how it's as excellent and there's a bald eagle flying? That's how I like it. That's just so when people are watching this on YouTube, they can know that this podcast is committed to this, to excellence. To excellence. Because our habits are what push us past the limits of mediocrity into the realm of distinction, is what it says. So Jared walks in to work every day, sees that. You just get fired up. I wake up in the morning and I piss excellence. Yeah, excellence. Excellence. Brandon, thank you for coming here. Um... 
we I've been actually excited to talk to you for a while, um, following you on Instagram. Uh, but I want to let you introduce yourself. What, who are you? What do you do? And uh, yeah, start there. Uh, I'm Brandon Purcell. I'm 33 years old. I'm from Hamilton, Montana. Uh, big game hunter extraordinaire, man. Hey, That's baby. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've spent, I've kind of dedicated like the last 12 years of my life to like big game hunting. Um, it all kind of started on a sheep hunt. Uh, I don't know if you guys can see. Oh, yeah. That guy. Love to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah archery sheep hunt and on a, in a draw unit here in Montana and it totally changed, changed my trajectory in life. And I was hooked, man, you know? So I, mean, I want to dive into that a little bit. Uh, how did, well, how did that play out? How'd you get like, what goes into drawing and something, a tag like that in Montana for people who maybe don't, lots of our listeners are whitetail guys. Luck. <laughs> I like that. I think I had like, uh, if I had bonus points going into that, um, it's a one, it's, you know, it's not once in a lifetime as per regulations, but it's like, it'd be once in a lifetime if you ever got drawn, you know, the odds are like, it's less than one per month you draw that. Uh, and so I drew that in 2009 and, you know, knew that I kind of was on you know winning ticket and decided to go at it with a bow. And that was literally like, that was my first bow hunt my first bow kill killed in september With of anything that for any i'd never hunted archery before that bold move wow you're just like i got this one percent tag screw rifle i'm taking a bow this weapon i've never used all in you know all it's in. like i feel like i started at the pinnacle and i'm just like working my way down. Yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> man it's hard to top that for sure um but you know ever since then i just like i was hooked on mountain hunting and just being out there and uh, I was like two years later, I started guiding, uh, and that really like, you know, I mean, guiding makes you an extraordinarily good honor, you know, you're spending 90 to 120 days a year hunting. So, I mean, it's like a, you know, that's like a journeyman's course, you know, your first year almost, you know, um, it's pretty, you know, it was sweet and definitely like shaped who I am today, you know? Yeah. So awesome. You, so you go you decide to go all in. It's such an amazing experience. You decide the guide life is the life for me. And, uh, your first year, did you, did you spend as 90 to 120 days actually in the field? Like it, was it just dropped right in or was it kind of, you dipped your toe in at first? Um, so like my first year guiding, I got in Colorado. I literally like was on a Craigslist listing. It was like, need and I was like, sweet you know like sounds great uh the pay was crap but i mean i was like dude i get my foot in the door um and i got it for two seasons in colorado and it was sick you know it was like dude you don't get much better than southern colorado private land hunting i mean it's just like that's as good as it gets you know so like when you're able to like be on elk all the time it like your learning curve is just so steep you know you're like you learn so much so quick and it's great for your confidence because you're like man i can like elk hunt now you know um and i'd elk hunted since i was 13 years old you know like i I knew how to do it but then that really like honed the blade if you will you know Mm -hmm. yeah sharpened you out there a little bit so you so you jumped in like for you know i've never been a guide i would 
you've never been a guide. No. Most of our listeners have never been. Like, first year, you, is that, like, the year that you, you learn the most and kind of, oh, like, yeah, yeah like, <laughs> like, a lot of hard lessons and stuff? Oh, yeah, and just, like, client management is huge, man. Like, I got my ass kicked, like, for sure, you know, like, I had guys walking all over me because they knew, you know, I'm, like, 23 years old, you know, it's, like, they're going to be, like, what is this kid now, you know, and I'm, like, trying to, you're trying to, like, prove yourself not only to yourself, but to, like, you know, the outfit, the clients, you know, and it's, like, when you perform, it feels great. I feel like there's, like, that pressure with guiding to where it's, like, you, you're literally being paid to perform. Like, you'd better do it, you know? Much like a prostitute, you know? <laughs> paid to perform. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've guided you around. Oh, right? please. Get, you know? get out of here. Do we have, I've me... guided you since I met you. <laughs> I like to think of myself as your mentor. (laughs) (laughs) Turkey camp, man. Okay. Turkey. You know what? You actually did. You got me into turkey hunting. I had never turkey hunted prior to you. Thank you. No one I knew did. Well, a trendsetter. Well. I'll label myself as a trendsetter. Did you learn a lot your first year guiding me? (laughs) (laughs) So much. Yikes. You hate to hear it. Uh, Yeah. So anyway, so you... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you, you, oh, you learned client management is what you learned. Yeah, client management, man. Yeah. It's like customer service. Up. Sit down. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You know, and then like, I, I mean, I don't know, I'm a great, I feel like I'm a good hunter. And I feel like I'm an okay guide. You know, like I'm, a, I self-proclaimed I'm allergic to bullshit, you know? And so like, you know, with clients, sometimes it's like, you know, the adage is treat them like a mushroom. You know, you feed them shit and keep them in the dark. Uh, <laughs> <I like> that. <laughs> that works most of the time until you get clients that can like see through it and be like dude you're totally like you're just lying out your ass right now you know and i'm like well at a certain point you are because you're first your guide and you're like dude i don't know what i'm doing you know like i i need like a situation like explain how this played out like when you mushroomed a client <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure so like my first client still to this day was like the worst client i've ever had like you know just like super high needs just expecting the world you know and i think he figured out pretty quick that like i wasn't like super experienced and you know he tested me for sure just because like he you know they figure out like you don't know what you're talking about and they like you know they push the envelope they're like well let me interject my opinion here you know like um, as to which way to turn on a trail or how to approach or what (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. And it's like, then like he was afraid of the dark and we got like turned around one night coming out of there. (laughs) Did you hear that? that? (laughs) And yeah, like that client, he ended up going through like three different guides that year. He like, he hunted, he hunted Colorado with my outfitter. Then he hunted New Mexico with my outfitter. And then he came back to Colorado with my outfitter and he hunted with three different guides and it was good to hear at the end of it that like he was a pain in the ass to everybody you know it wasn't but for me it was like dude still to this day worst client (laughs) i mean you know you might as well get it over with (laughs) yeah you know and there's like i mean there's a lot of lessons you learn and it's like you know you look at the bright side like you got that lesson out of the way real early you know for sure sailing from there Mm -hmm. for sure yeah no, I can understand that. So, like, a high-needs client is, like, a guy who gets cold, a guy who gets uncomfortable. What's, like, what's the – oh, please. <laughs> saw please. It. I will I will challenge that. But uh, 
for 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 when you have a uh when you have some some client in like what what makes a good client what makes a bad client when expectations meet reality when you have a high needs client expectations are here reality is here trying to like come to terms in their mind that like you know there's a middle ground your best clients like kind of know what to expect they're on the program your worst client worst clients like they're expectations are so far beyond what you could provide that it's just like, there's no way that you can make it fun. You know, everybody wants like that 340 bull on their first trip out West. But the reality is, is like, that's not what happens. You know, it's like, I've had a few clients take bulls like that, but generally not on their first trip sometimes, you know, but it's like, generally it's, that's a couple trips deep, even not with me, but just like Western hunting in general. Cause it's like, dude, it's an ass kicker out there. It's not like, you know, rose sunshine for sure, you know, and like outfitters will sell you on this hunt and then it's like you get there and it's like, it's not always what happens, you know? Yeah. That would be probably the hardest thing that I would be, have to go through if I was a guide is actually making sure that my client is keeping up with me and, or sorry. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they exactly. are keeping up with me. Like, have you ever had clients where they're just like, gassed after the first day or they're like oh yeah and it's not yeah I've had clients that it's for the first 20 yards in the really the, the first day of their hunt that they're like oh i bit off more than i can chew you know and you're just like what do you what do you do with that i mean there's some areas that like where i started out guiding in montana that were so steep it's like you're a minimum of 2000 vertical every day you know, and there's no pussyfooting around that we're not going to be like able to hunt if we don't do that 2000, you know, it's just like, that's how it is. And you know, and at the end of the day, I think it comes down to heart because the oldest client I've ever had, I, he was 72 years old has killed the biggest bull that I guided. Like, period. you know, and it was just one of those things like meant to be his attitude was there, man, his physicality was not, but he was determined to make it up that mountain. And you know what he did? And we killed eight. Yeah. Giant bull, you yeah know? That's awesome. Love that. That's awesome. For sure. And that's just like the story you love, you love to hear. Right. And like, I would, you know, I've guided guys that were half his age, you know, that are just like, do they give up, you know, first day of their hunt or second day of their hunt, third day of their hunt. And they're just like, I'm gassed, man. I can't do this. <laughs> Your money, man. I mean, whatever. Right. It's, that's, it, I, I couldn't handle that. It seems like a lot of times people go out West to be guided and they think of it, as being like if you go to um an out like a whitetail outfitter where mm. you get driven out to your your your, your um, tripod stand and you know what i'm saying like i, I got feel a like story they, about that they do that, that. Yeah. yeah go ahead go ahead so i he might listen to this podcast i don't just, know but i doubt he's going to a fake name give him uh, a fake name i can't um so i know of somebody who we'll went... call him jared we'll call <laughs> this guy jared sure <laughs> jacob we'll call him jacob okay uh so jacob went on this guided elk hunt a few years ago with his buddy right and they're up oh, i forgot where they went i think they went to new mexico so it was, it was it was actually a pretty sweet place and i think on the third or fourth day they got up onto this mountain range and they had a clear it was almost like a bench way up there and they had a couple bulls coming in and so they're setting up in this tree line kind of looking down over this grass pasture that they thought the uh, bulls were going to come up through right and they start sitting down and the guide goes, all right, guys, we're going to, we're going to sit down here by this log. I'm going to 
back up a little bit. We're going to call him. Right. And Jacob's friend, I shit you not, says, well, where am I going to sit? And the guy goes, well, you're going to sit right here. And then he goes, well, where's my chair? I'm not sitting on the floor. (laughs) The dude dude asked for a chair. (laughs) Like, they're seven miles away from camp. Yeah. And he thought that the guide was going to bring him a foldable chair. So now he's all pissed off that he has to sit on the ground and hunt an elk off the ground. Have you had anything crazy, stupid like that happen? Where like it just I know you said they expect something, but like that's just crazy. Yeah, I mean I, that's kind of like that same thing, like that expectations versus reality thing. I mean, you know, you can't expect that. You know, that's insane. Even from, yeah. <clears throat> even you know, I don't know what the outfitter told him because maybe yeah. he told they him all laughed at him. <laughs> the whole party just like what? What the hell are you talking about, dudes? Sit on the ground. And some got like some guys like honestly and like are just kind of prima donnas and they're you know. Yeah, I uh, I I don't know. It's just what it's hard for me to understand that only just because like you're going west. Like the whole idea is like this adventure. So mm-hmm. like to be to to think that it's going to be comfortable and like it's a different kind of fun and that's the whole idea of it. it's not Disneyland where you just pay and you're having. You know, you're just getting fun thrown at you. You're, like, kind of suffering for it. You're walking a far ways. You're sweating for, you know, putting some sweat equity out there. Oh, and you're putting a financial statement there. Like, you're hiring someone to show you what to do. Yeah. Like, if I were to go out west, I could probably go out there and do a DIY elk hunt. I wouldn't know what the crap I'm doing. I've done it twice, and I didn't know You know, I'm sure I could come back with an elk. (laughs) I could read a book or watch some courses online or something but if i really wanted to go there and get some knowledge like we were talking about this earlier like Mm -hmm. it kind of makes sense to hire a guide you can learn from them the whole trip yeah i would just say nothing and follow exactly but i would be a great client i would never say anything (laughs) where are we going i'd follow you wherever you told me to go i would do it you say jump i say how high how high for sure and like that's a good attitude to have but a lot of guys you know like that go on guided hunts i mean you got to think like they're probably like the top dog at whatever right. industry, whatever they're doing, you know, and so they're yeah. like lots of ego. big wigs. Well, I know like their ego is fucked solid, you know? Um, and so there is a lot of that is like trying to like overcome people's egos and it's like, you know, being like, dude, you don't really know anything, you know, like it is what it is. And like, <clears throat> I think the huge misconception is people watch YouTube or TV and they see like, dude, all these famous people like doing these elk hunts. What they don't understand is like most of those elk hunts, probably eighty percent of the ones that are filmed for TV, are on private ranches. You know, and like, dude, there's nothing like, dude, those animals are free range. I've guided a lot of private land hunts, but like, dude, there's something to be said for like those animals not getting like pressured from your everyday DIY public land hunter. You know, because like those elk are wild, you know, for sure. Like they know the game. Not saying the private land elk hunts don't, but like. They're not so wary. Yeah, well, I know. I, I, yeah. we, we agree completely with that. I mean, that's yep. any, I mean, that's whitetail yep. by us. Like it's just different. Pressure's different. It's like an Ohio whitetail hunt. And it's like, dude, you know, that thing's on like a big chunk of private. And like they have that thing like. Patterned. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. Dialed in part. on it. Yeah, and like that's what makes it hard about like you know elk hunting. People are expecting you know what they saw on the crush or something with like 
you know, campaign thing. Like, oh, I'm going to crush like a 380 bull. And you're like, just mm-hmm. keep hammering, man. <laughs> you know? you got to be just out there hammering. If you're dude. not hammering the bull, you know, you're not going to get a bull. No, I, I get that. So you, you do yeah. elk, a lot of elk. You do deer, I'm assuming, and you do bear too. Yeah, uh, I would say that like bear and elk are probably like my like my jam. You know, um, we have some phenomenal bear spring bear hunting here in Montana. Fall it can get a little tough, but like our spring season is like pretty awesome for sure. And we definitely like we we put the hammer down. And you you know like predator hunting is kind of like a you know weird line like socially i guess you know because like for hunters i feel like it's not a big deal but like you think on the broader spectrum of things and like dude nothing gets like people's emotions going like the thought of like killing bears you know it's just we're just being honest here i'm not you know i'm not gonna put it we didn't get our grizzly hunt approved here because you know people in the middle and people that are against hunting didn't want it you know, I'm like, we, we have to look at that as like what it is, you know, we're it's lucky. true. Yep. We're, you know, we get to hunt wolves and bears here. You know? yeah, yeah. That's a big deal. The wolf thing is not, not always given and neither is bears. I mean, we posted some stuff. We did a bear hunt, um, this year and like yep, with the untamed. for sure. The most feedback you could call it. Yeah. Uh, we got was anything bear related. Um, showed up we posted a video of me shooting a bear of the bow heard some things about that very colorful words yeah and messages and 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 things like that but you know you know what though i'm hooked on bear Mm -hmm. hunting after that like i will be bear hunting every year my wife has given me a one bear a year quota to meet because they (laughs) love the meat (laughs) yeah i mean we we just had like the meat the bear meatballs to me are just phenomenal top notch they're good peppers very good onions you just ball them up throw them on the smoker and forget about it forget about it it's delicious so uh i bet spring bear is like one of the things on my list we don't have anything like that uh, out east at all it's all fall out here so for sure yeah and like you know as far as out west i mean you got idaho montana and wyoming that have over-the-counter tags idaho and certain units it's like as a non-resident i think it costs you like 210 dollars a bear tag and it's over the counter and then in those units where it's a reduced price bear you can get another tag so you can potentially kill two which is you know wyoming i think it's a little bit more montana i think you're probably looking more at like 500 bucks um there's a lot of bears though i mean it's spring season that's the time to kill them and they're like they're visible they're out there you find those pat green patches up they're skinny you know. though i need some bear fat you know what i mean i need a nice <laughs> yeah. plump that's true we have a lot of i have a lot of bear fat in my freezer right now sure yeah i mean the it depends on the age class too because like dude i killed a bear well, i didn't personally kill it i like took my buddy out to kill it last spring and that thing had an inch of fat on it still you know from last fall and it was like dude, that bear was healthy you know? That was good. That was a thick <laughs> that bear. Thick like the bear. two C's, you know. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Like, I think we've all killed like a one-handed bear, which is, yeah. you know, you can hold it up with one hand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? I was not far from that this year. <laughs> Mine was probably, it was sub 200. Yours was like 10 pounds heavier. Bigger. Yeah, it was bigger. Bigger. You didn't get to keep your baculum though. Just, you know, I, yeah, I, I never asked Josh you about took that. that one. That's fine. Yeah, well, that was, I was actually looking forward to that. What would you do with it? Uh, Te- Toothpicker? Stir. I was going to use a coffee stir. Yeah. Gross. I just, I just can't get down with it, 
<laughs> you don't want a pecker in your coffee? A pecker um, coffee, man. I've like never saved them, you know. It's like I don't know. It, you know, some people do, but <clears throat> it's not your them. jam. It's not his jam, man. Raccoons have them. Deer, deer do not. Deer do not. Yeah, <laughs> he tried. Trust me, I dig around in there. And I did not find what I was looking for. You did not like it. <laughs> Get out of there! Stop messing. <laughs> no. That's it. I'm calling a break. We're calling a break. Break in the episode. This or, is a timeout. Timeout in the episode, and we are gonna thank a couple more sponsors. So deal with it. We do a lot of things on our phones. It's just a fact of life. One of the things that. Jared and I have found to be especially useful on our phone is our HuntWise app. It's the base. It's basically the ultimate hunting tool yep. set. It's got tons of different map land boundaries. They've got HuntCast 2.0, where it, it's an advanced hunting forecast to give you specific times and days that are the best days to hunt. And they also provide a safe and social space for hunters like us and you. Where you can post pictures, share stories. You, you won't get a graphic image, yeah, you know, Instagram not... cover over it. <laughs> Uncensored and unbiased. Yeah, download the HuntWise app today. It's no secret that I love traditional archery, and I love Bivouac Boco. Jim and Georgia, years of experience. Each bow is handcrafted, one of a kind. I've got special camo limbs that nice. they did special for me. They look awesome, and they stand the test of time, but it's looking great, shoots great. Check them out at bivouacboco.com. Wild Pursuit Wellness makes premium CBD products. It's all natural, broad-spectrum CBD, meaning that there is less than 0.0% THC. It can be ingested or used topically on the skin to help with muscle soreness or joints. We, we use it a lot after a long hike. Use promo code BOGA for 20% off at checkout. Check them out, wildpursuitwellness.com. That's uh, so so like you know when you're guiding bears, you're guiding elk. Um, I would imagine your clientele are different. Uh, like, do you find like people are more prepared for an elk hunt than a bear hunt, mm. or are they both pretty similar? It kind of depends. Like in like honestly, I feel like our bear hunts here are uh, probably a little bit more like that equilibrium is probably a little bit more even of expectation versus reality. Um, and I feel like in a lot of cases the reality exceeds expectations on our spring bear hunts. How um, so? People see more bears than they think they would see. You know, uh, I had one week, it was probably like my best week guiding. I think we saw like 60 bears that week, you know, and that's five and a half days and we killed two. Or I, uh, I retract that. We should have killed five. I should have personally guided five. And I had three misses, you know, in, oh, you hate that. <laughs> in five and a half days. And so like I had tagged out my clients in two and a half days. And then I just picked up like, you know, two on ones of like the extra guy, you know? And so in that case, yeah, your reality is like so far beyond expectation. Cause you think Love like, that. you know, you think like where you guys are at, you probably don't see very many bears. No, up North you will. I've but seen not. one. Yeah. I've seen one in my life. Yep. Right. <laughs> in Michigan. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> like there's there's huge bears out like east of the Mississippi like dude I mean the record up north in the UP I've... there's a last year two years ago it was like seven some yeah. seven hundred pound plus bear yeah right in the UP big bear exactly you know but it's like here I mean you get like vantage points and you can see you know like you sit there with a spotting scope and a good pair of binoculars and it's like man there's like there's nothing it, it's hard not to see a black spot 
on it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. In the green, yeah, or the white snow. Yeah, yeah. Black sure. stands like, out. Yeah, especially like where, you know, where you hunt them in the spring is generally within like a thousand feet of the snow line. So, I mean, they're like, when they pop out on that chartreuse, like green, I mean, it is like very apparent where they're at, you know. Um, but that those are fun hunts because like people don't know what to expect to come into it and then they have a great time and it's like man this is fun you know the elk hunts everybody wants that 340 350 bull and that's just like i feel like though part of that is because they have headgear you hmm. know what i'm saying like people like if if elk were just bigger or smaller people would be like i just i went out and got an elk you know and antlers weren't involved. The horn porn is affecting. There them. is, I yeah. would think so, right? Like my expectations is, as I get a six by six, you know, like lifetime bull, because I spent all this money to go out and for bear, they're like, holy crap! I saw all these bears. I got a shot at one. I got to bring it home. I got, you know, that was for when we went hunting. I did not think I, I wanted. I wanted all. an acceptable size where it wasn't too small, and I didn't care at all. I wanted the meat and yep. the experience. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's great about bear hunting because, like, yeah, everybody wants that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a sick bull, by the way. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's huge. But it's like that's not the reality. I mean, that took me 20 years to kill that. You know I mean? Like, legit. And, you know, you can't expect that. Like, everybody wants that. Their first trip out, they've been watching, you know, all the outdoors channel. You know, like, and I mean, an elk on the ground in itself, even a raghorn is huge. You know, it's probably four times the size of a whitetail, you know, easily. I mean, that's probably proportionally, that's probably about what you get out of the meat. Six times of the typical uh, one that whitetail Jared shoots, like about six or seven times. Oh, I thought you were talking about me. Yeah, no. <laughs> six times me. No, I'm saying of the deers that you typically shoot, it's about six times. Have you seen that buck on my wall right here? Can you show it here? Let's see if we can show it. You can't. Oh, maybe. I just knocked something over. Yeah. There yeah. You go. That's a good yeah, deer. That's what Illinois, private land Illinois will do for you. <sighs> now you just screwed up the whole thing. Video's yep. all shot. <laughs> that's what you get. You need to make that thing pivot more. Just make it follow me? Yeah. Like my drone? Uh, no, that's cool. Um, that's interesting. You know, expectations versus reality for, for bears and, and for for elk. Is it like a more challenging hunt? Either one of those, like, differ that much? You're pretty much doing the same thing. I mean, it's a give and a take because I think that elk hunting is probably a little more physically demanding, but bear hunting in and of itself is more mentally demanding because you end up like sitting there. You know, in our days, once you approach June, which our season goes till June 15th, it goes from April 15th to June 15th. When you get into late May and June, it's light for almost 18 hours a day. So, I mean, just think just think about that because, I mean, you think about like, dude, you're going and sitting in the stand in november i mean you're looking at like 10 hours you know yeah and that feels long as long yeah i wouldn't want to do it i don't think i could do it. like with bear hunting dude you better get you got to get to a vantage point and sit there all day until you see what you want to see and that like drives guys insane you know i've yeah. seen, i've literally seen like there's like well, what are we doing where are we going and we're like dude we're gonna see more sitting here than we are like walking around and i mean the proof is in the numbers i'd have like I would literally go to the same spot every day and sit there and like glass, you know, the spotter and the binos and sit there and like grill burgers in the back of the truck, you know, I'm and like sit there and glass all day and other guys would be out there tromping around, like not seeing anything. And we'd be putting up like, you know, nine to 15 bears a day. And it's like proofs in the pudding at that point. It's like the glassing works. It's just, 
trying to like convince people that that patience of like sitting there is worth it dude that's tough for sure yeah i I would be worse at that (laughs) i'm fine with walking like i can walk a long ways and most of the time it's just like because in my head i have it stuck like the more i walk the more i'm gonna kill so i'm just gonna walk and the more successful i'll be the more i'm just gonna walk but for the thing that I get a hard time with from you, from whoever I'm hunting with, is like I just wander too much. Like sit down and just sit, stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that'd be hard for me too. Like yeah. if I'm, if I know I'm in an active pursuit type of hunt, like I just want to go and pursue it. Yeah. Like when I'm whitetail hunting, it is tough for me to be in a stand mm-hmm. sometimes. Like I'm just like I am stuck in this one spot. Yeah. That if it sucks here, I'm I'm stuck here. I mean, I can get down, but it potentially could it's screw up thing could screw up down. the rest of my hunt. But in that yeah. type of situation, I'd be I'd be ready to go. It'd be it would be very hard. I would be probably one of those guys. Where I'm just like, here's the thing, though. Let's you, go. I'm ready to go. Grilling burgs, though. That, that not might a bad be idea. pretty Maybe sweet. <laughs> you crack, know, crack a few cold lattes. <laughs> That's yeah, exactly. right. Exactly. You know. Yeah. So it's like you spend most because, dude. Honestly, with like our spring bear stuff. I've seen a couple like shooter bears before noon, but most of the bears that you kill, you see after five to six o'clock, you know, it's your hunting because you get light in Western Montana. What people don't realize is it's light after about like May 15th. It's light till after 10 o'clock. Yep. So you're saying I can sleep in, sit around, grill some burgers. You don't have to get up at the crack of are but, you taking any clients this spring? I yeah. mean, I, you, I, you got any openings? I want to uh, really bad do a <laughs> spring bear hunt. You got one. Yeah. I mean, if you guys want to come out, it's all good. Um, you know, it's fun. It's, it is it is like one of those things where, like, guys can sleep in until, like, 9, you know, and, like, get up, go out in glass. You know, That's early, 11 our time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, early in our season, like, power season kind of works. It opens up April 15th, so there's still a lot of snow out there, and you're more like you're more likely to kill those bears between 11 and about four o'clock any other time. Once you get past about May 15th, you really start running into like just the daylight, the sheer amount of daylight makes those bears super active in the evening and at night, but they're not really like after May 15th, man, I can probably count on one hand how many bears I've seen before noon. Yeah, you just sleep around all day, like hang out. Sounds awesome. Up all night. I want to be a bear in May 15th. I've seen you live that lifestyle. You should not go back. <laughs> I to lived that. it. I, I did. <laughs> so are you, uh, is it mostly rifle or are you, you looking at like archery, you guys too, you take out? I've never guided an archery bear hunter. You know, um, it's tough. I've killed uh, four with a bow personally uh, more than i pulled with the rifle uh, i've killed two of the rifle um most guys would get go rifle just because it's like dude you're coming out here it could be you know what turns out to be a once in a lifetime trip maybe it is maybe it isn't but i'd much rather be able to like reach out and touch that thing at 400 yards and be like dude i gotta close into 40 what about a recurve at 20 it'd be awesome <laughs> it would be awesome right <laughs> um the I was bear hunting last spring and got charged by a bear and it charged into like seven yards <clears throat> and I made like a terrible shot, you know, like just, panicked, just panicked, you know, target panicked. It had a huge like white patch on its chest. And as soon as my pin hit it, I shot. And like the, just the way the animal was standing, it basically like it hit it like this. And so it right here out right behind its shoulder didn't catch anything you know and like that's tough 
what are you going to do? What do you do? I mean, yeah. in what that situation, do? yeah. Like, that's about, yeah. Anything can happen, you For know? sure. And you feel really lucky when that, like, when it happens like that, because it's like, you know, and it happens, but it's like, more than likely, those bears move a lot, especially after about mid-May, once their metabolism, like, kicks in, they can eat everything, and they really start, like, going ham, and you're way better off with a rifle at that point because it's like dude you get into 400 yards you have an opportunity like take it like it's really tough because of how much they move later in the season of trying to get in bow range early they're trying to start their digestive system they're gonna like not move is it better like so you're playing thermals you're playing wind in terms of you find them and then you try to get in range but like for bears like say the wind shifts and they're within a mile are they gonna smell you like what's that what's that look like i mean that depends on the bear i mean a lot of like where i'm hunting it's pretty predictable like wind pattern like it's going to come out of the west basically yeah right yeah what's going to like the wind's going to come out of the west it's going to be down in the morning and in the evening mid it's going to be up but in a lot of these like slot canyons that you're hunting you know it's basically just going to be like in the middle of the day it's going to be going up that side of the mountain you know um my my program is pretty much you just get on a high point and you just sit there and you can, until you can see, you know, four to six miles of the Canyon and you just sit there and, um, and then you kind of like, okay, you can play them until the evening and where the, where the thermals are like predictable, you know, cause otherwise it's like, dude, you hit that, like right in between where the thermals are like shooting up the hillside to when they flip. And that's like not a good time to be there. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, very different than i mean in some ways different than the type of hunting that we're used to you know out east uh but at the same time like same types of principles like you're 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 doing the same type of thing just uh different different place for sure um so you got 2020 was that a kind of a weird year for guiding or was it fine for you guys uh i personally did not guide in 2020 um all my trips got canceled in the spring and I kind of like switched programs as far as like income. Uh, you know, I was like, dude, is this really like sustainable? You know, like, you know, trying to base your whole income off of tourism when it's like, you know, obviously we saw what happened. Um, I know a lot of like fishing guides and stuff really picked because we had a ban on non-residents recreating basically until June 4th. So like my entire spring season was gone. But I'd already That's tough. Of, yeah, I'd already kind of lined up some other stuff. Um, and so that ended up working out for me, which was great because I got way more time to personally hunt, which was awesome. Bingo. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, in other sectors, I know people got super busy after they lifted it because people were like way anxious to get out here. They were get ready to get going. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. yeah, Michigan actually had, I think, a 80 or 90% increase in 92. In, 92% increase in hunting numbers this past year. I think yeah. new hunters or something like yeah. that of in the year. And like we've talked about it in the podcast before, but like we saw it. Oh, yeah. We felt it when we were out there, like lots of, lots lots of people of not having any idea what they're doing and just, just walking around at the wrong time. Yep. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I, I'm glad that they're getting out and, you know, I think that's what I, I'm supposed to say. Like, you know, I'm <laughs> supposed to be glad for that, thing is. but at the same time it was kind of a buzzkill. Uh, sure. so no, that's cool. So your, your 2021 look like it picks up for you. Uh, just, 
kind of just gonna continue with what I got going on. I got some good trips planned this year. I'm going to uh, Prince of Wales in May um, to hunt black bear, which should be pretty sweet. And then hopefully, as long as all the traveling stuff stays like open, uh, going to Kyrgyzstan in November for ibex. Um, that should be pretty sweet. It was supposed to happen in 2020, but it just like we pretty much booked the hunt, and then it was like covid see you later later <laughs> uh but the outfit there that we were working with is pretty open to like just us changing dates I and mean, he reached out and was like you can change it if you want to you know and so it's like hopefully this stays open and we can go yeah you know yeah that's sweet that would be a fun hunt. that's a mm-hmm. physically demanding hunt yeah you're hunting like sixteen thousand feet you know <sighs> you, you wouldn't make it i've been to sixteen thousand feet yeah, and an airplane I, I, maybe. no mount fuji dude <laughs> I you climb, did. That's I right. I climbed Mount Fuji. Bit, you you brag about it. Yeah. How'd it go? Uh, it was tough on the way up. Like they've got, it's a whole hiking path. Like it's a very, like a cleansing that the Japanese do. Like some people will do it like your once chi? a year. Are they cleansing your chi? No, but they'll your do woo? it. They'll do it once a year. Probably is woo. Like and these old Japanese dudes are just like blowing by me. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's a, it's a walking path and every thousand feet, they've got a little station that you can stop at and rest. What, and what's at the station? So you can actually buy like walking sticks mm-hmm. down at the bottom, like at the base of the mountain. And at every station you can get like a, like a stamped wood brand, like a wood burn in your walking to stick. To show how high you went? Yeah. So each station is a different like burn stamp on it, which is kind of cool. Did you get a stick? I did, but I left it in. I left it on Okinawa back at the base. <laughs> it's like in the ocean floating it's around. Gone. It's driftwood right now. Um, but yeah, once you get to the top, it's just they got like a big shrine up there, and you can just sit. and Some people were meditating, and European. It was it was awesome, man. In the corners. It so. was it was very cool, very beautiful place. Yeah, pretty sweet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's cool. So big year ahead. Um, big plans. I mean, that's those are pretty amazing things. Prince of Wales mm-hmm. Island. It's opposite directions. You're basically sure. covering the. Oh yeah. I'm doing like an ocean hunt and then like the highest of the high mountain hunt you can do, you know? Be, yeah. It should be pretty cool. cool. I just hope everything works out, you know? It's Man, it's a crapshoot. Although today the Texas governor lifted all bans and you don't have to wear face masks. I think I saw now. Interesting. In Texas, which is pretty cool. You, why don't you have your face? You're going to get me COVID. I've had it already. We both have. <laughs> We've had it already. For sure. Alaska lifted the, uh, the COVID-19 like testing uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, sweet. it's sweet. You know, that's sweet. You know, Montana, this whole thing has been kind of weird because, like, we're so isolated anyway. I mean, we didn't, like, right? We didn't really meet like a wave of COVID until, you know, like into June. Okay. And even wow. into like November, it really wasn't like a big thing. I mean, yeah. Our county is like pretty rogue. Our, you know, our law enforcement is like, we're not going to enforce any kind of. <laughs> I do appreciate that. <laughs> Just keep it's away, getting old. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully things know. turn around. I mean, it is what it is. It's just such a weird political thing. And like this year, this whole last year has just been so weird. Yeah. You know, I yeah. Felt, I felt lucky to live where I live. You were Michigan. We got shut down. Hard. Yeah. The governor. Our, uh, our, <laughs> we got what do they call her? Half, half Whitmer? Yeah. Governor Whitmer. Yeah. Uh, shut a lot of things down. Yeah. We almost ruined turkey season. Four, yeah. We got, we went around it. See, they, they closed down any type of recreation on state land, state public land. So you couldn't camp on there. You couldn't, you know, do recreate. Recreate. Well, no, overnight. 
You could, because we did hunt on state land. We, we could, could hunt, hunt on state land. You couldn't recreate. So you you could, could fish, too. Yep. But the federal land that was, what, 10 miles away? Not even. That was open to everything. Sure. So, yeah, we, so we just we, had to move our campsite. We camped on federal land and went and hunted on the state land. So yeah, there you go. It's just, yeah, it's just all about, you know, adapting and overcoming. Sepper Gumby, as they say in the Marines, always always flexible. Nice. I get it. Yeah, yeah that's pretty so. good. We're going to be uh, – are you going to be uh, posting this stuff on socials so people can follow along? How's that going to go? Because we want to make sure we can, we oh, can yeah, follow along sure. if you are. Yeah, it'll be on there. Um, I think We're, spring trip is probably like stone glaciers involved, so they're going to be kind of up there. I mean, my one buddy who I've been friends with a long time is now like the – I don't know what his title is exactly, but he like works He's there. Digital content manager, a person of influence. Gotcha. I love the key, uh, the Stone Glacier. Packs. It's awesome. Yeah, I wow. got the Kiowa I just got, and yep. it is, and I got the frame. For so, sure. like, it's. I feel like it's going to be a sweet. I mean, even whitetail, uh, just a backpack, and then having the frame to haul stuff out if we go west. Like, I feel like it, it's sweet. Mm-hmm. It's super lightweight, super super cool. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I have the. Uh, um evo 3300 pack which yep. is kind of the old it's it's pretty similar to the old solo that they had originally yep. uh and then i have the uh 5800 or 5900 sorry um the big one yep or one of the, not the biggest yep. yeah and that pretty much covers me for the gamut of what i'm gonna do you know like the the evo i mean with the lid i've been able to backpack like three to five days out of that yeah and then you step up to the bigger pack especially in the later season and it's like mm-hmm. it's it's awesome. You can carry all your gear, everything you need, you know, and especially now that they're into clothing too, and they've got the whole outerwear line. Dude, it's yeah. Sick. It's yeah. It sick. looks really nice for sure. Like the, the like M seven stuff they just came out with. It's like a, a laminated layer. that's basically waterproof with a fleece backer. So it's like super oh, wow. warm. Dude. Amazing. Well, I got to yeah. use it last November and it was awesome. Big. I mean the right clothes, the right mm-hmm. pack, those two things alone make life very much more enjoyable. Yep. Yeah. I couldn't imagine trying to drag a deer out, you know, like, right. We don't do it anymore. We used to, we used to drag it. Like, I just feel like there's like so many better ways to do it. Oh yeah, dude. You drag a deer a couple times. Like me and my dad, when I first started hunting, we drag everything, you know, it's like, it took the first time we had to do that over a quarter mile. I was like, I'm not doing this again. Yeah, never again. We started. We we would start. We started first by we'd kill a deer out and we would just carry it. Remember, we'd like carry. We'd quarter it and just carry the quarters out because mm-hmm. oh, wow. we just as we like developed. You know, this was a long time ago. But I remember I shot one. We get all set up. You you get get all set up. I'm walking to my stand. And I just have a doe like coming right across. Yep. So I obviously shot it, and uh, I remember like I'm like, hey Jared, he's like, what? I'm like, why are you coming back here? I'm like, I just shot a deer. So we go cut it up, and I remember my forearms from basically farmer carrying you know quarters of that deer out were just killing me after raw that. dog, raw raw dogging it. Is that, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what we're doing out there. Yeah, raw, raw dogging it out there. Nice. Um, nice. It's I mean it you know it built up some forearm strength that's for sure. So, well, that, you know what, we're, we're coming up on time here. Um, and I just thank you for, for making the time. I know you're busy, uh, oh, yeah, and, and sure. telling us about guiding and what you do. Um, uh, but for people who want to follow along on your hunt, um, on all the other things you got going on, uh, where can they find you? Uh, just Durango.boon on, uh, Instagram. 
N is my name. Uh, I probably post more stuff on Instagram. Yeah, it's like Facebook. Cool. Durango dot boom. Got boom. it. Boom. Yep. For cool. Sure. Well, thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, man. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Boga Hunting Podcast. If you guys like what you hear and want to follow along on what we're currently up to, hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on and follow us on Instagram at Boga Hunting. Join us next week, and we'll see you then.